You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, BeckQL Daily, right here on the BeckQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, with you on a Tuesday. Joining us right now on the guest line. There's our guy, Ian McDonald, CRG Futures, 4 for 4 football, and uh, it's our favorite time of the year. The NFL season has started, and now we get to dive back in week to week in the futures market. Ian, uh, welcome back to the show. Excited to have you today, and uh, let's let's talk about some of these futures here. Let's start with team stuff, conference, division. Uh, where, where do your eyes take you after week one? Where do you see value in the market with team futures after week one? Yeah, I just heard uh, you guys talking before the break there, and I agreed with what you guys said about uh, some of the teams in the NFC, so I won't repeat a lot of that. But uh, when you talk about the Vikings and the Eagles, those were two teams that we talked about a couple months ago on the show and two teams that I really liked because when you looked at the NFC, I thought that there was a lot of balance, and I didn't think that there was that one standout team, that one uh, Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs team that you really looked at and, and you know kind of feared. Uh, a lot of balance. Now you look at the at the Cowboys without Dak Prescott. Uh, love the Eagles at that price still to win that division. Um, you look at the Packers. They're going to have some issues, I believe. And I like the Vikings still at some plus money. So I'm looking around the NFC, and I you can really find, I think, some teams in that middle where you think that we're going to finish in that middle, five, six, seven, eight, uh, that could rise up and uh, maybe steal a division or compete with the conference. But if I'm picking two of them, I like the Eagles, and uh, I like the coaching change in Minnesota and uh, what the Vikings are doing. Yeah, we talked a lot about in the offseason, O'Connell is possible coach of the year after one week. That looks good. He's the favorite for the coach of the year market. What about divisions? I know you have a couple on the NFC side uh, that, that you're interested to. Uh, Eagles, Vikings, you mentioned that. But uh, what about the AFC South? Always strange and off to a very strange start with the tie. Yeah, and I... You say it's an overreaction to because the Colts have started slow the last few years. Um, you know, they've had, uh, what, four different you know, starting quarterbacks or whatever it is the last four years under Frank Reich. So I understand that, that it takes a little bit of time maybe for them, especially since hardly any quarterbacks play in the preseason anymore. I still like mm-hmm. the Colts at that number. But if you can find the Texans, uh, you know, at a pretty good plus price, you know, wherever that may be, shop around a little bit. Uh, obviously you're going to find a big number on them since they were predicted to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. In that division, I've not had anything on Tennessee all year. Uh, Jacksonville, I thought maybe the team that rises up, but maybe we were wrong. Maybe it's the Texans uh, that are the team that, that can make that move, uh, go 4-2 and two in that division. Well, 4-1-1 one and one now, I guess, but um, who's to say that they can't? Davis Mills is pretty underrated. Uh, got a future on him at 150 or 201 to lead the league in passing. Uh, this year, I had him at 50 to one this past week to do that. Uh, underrated quarterback because he was a third round pick. They're excited about Damian Pierce. Uh, in the trenches, I get worried about them a little bit, and Lovey's scheme is, is a little antiquated. But they've started mm-hmm. to get some more NFL talent in there, some playmakers. Uh, you talked about Stingley on the outside, a cornerback, uh, Petrie at safety. Why not take a look at the Texans, maybe in that division? 
Yeah, there's a 21 to 1 out there right now on the Texans to win the AFC South. That is an interesting one. How about the MVP market, Ian? I mean, we saw some standout performances by top quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. After that, it's it's kind of a muck in terms of of where the odds lead you and what players are up there. We know it's quarterbacks, but where are you looking when it comes to MVP after week one? Where do you see some value? Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to uh, differentiate between Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes. What do they all have in common? They're all in the AFC. So that may come down to the end of the year where uh, whoever's the one seed um, is the MVP that year. So why not take a look in the NFC and see if we can find somebody uh, with some longer odds there? And I it's everybody's favorite whipping boy, and I know we talked about this a couple months ago, but Kirk Cousins, Cousins I still found a 50-1 to 1 out there uh, yep, for MVP. And, if yeah, if they can go – uh, 12 and five, and and win that division, and maybe they get a one seed. Uh, you guys mentioned the uh, game coming up with the uh, Vikings and the Eagles this weekend is a big one, potential tiebreaker for a for a one seed. I mean, we're looking way down the road, but you have to in this in this kind of thing. You can still find a 50 to one. Uh, he might be worth a few uh, a few bucks on a play there. And at the very least, if they start out, you know, with four or five wins, you know, at four or five and zero, oh, if you're at a book that offers a cash out. Who's to say that you couldn't uh, take an early cash out and pocket a, a profit? You know, if you're able to get a good number on him, his odds get cut maybe by a third, uh, and you make a little bit on it because you don't have a lot of faith in him. You know, that's, it may not be a bad investment. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's look at uh, offensive and defensive players of the year. On the offensive side, one thing that really popped was all the receivers, the big name receivers that had monster days and were coming off a year in which uh, a, the best receiver in the game won in, in Cooper Cup. And on the defensive side, big note with this Watt injury. How much does it really open things up? Let's start with Offensive Player of the Year, though. Yeah, one guy we talked about over the summer, Joe, was uh, Justin Jefferson. And I always get a little nervous when I hear multiple people talk about uh, the same guy. Uh, but mm -hmm. he really came through in week one against a pretty good defense in the Packer. I Still don't know why Jair Alexander wasn't on him more. Um, but, you know, 180 yards or whatever it was with two touchdowns for Jefferson. Uh, could he even been more in this offense with Kevin O'Connell? Uh, his odds, I think we gave him out a couple months ago as a guy to look at, was 20 to 1. And I know that he's down, and you can find him uh, 6, 7, 8 to 1 uh, in that area. So make sure that you shop around. And then the other guy that I was looking at, too, is uh, Jalen Hurts. Found him uh, at BetMGM at 30 to 1. Again, shop around. There may be a better number out there. But here's a guy who's going to put up passing and rushing numbers. I know they rushed for uh, a bunch of touchdowns this past weekend uh, against Detroit, and he didn't throw for any. But, you know, his total yards per game, I think, is going to be a little more aesthetically pleasing than it was last year. Last year, I had him in fantasy, and, uh, you know, I took him on a weekly basis and such. But uh, you couldn't watch the game. You just had to look at the box score afterwards. You know, this year, hopefully, it's a little bit different with him. And uh, he's a guy at 30 to 1 at BetMGN that you can find right now for Offensive Player of the Year that, that still may have uh, some value. How about the Defensive Player of the Year, Ian? Uh, as you look at the TJ Watt injury, now some reports coming out that it might not be as serious, but still, it's going to take him out for a chunk of time, whether it's six weeks, eight weeks, or the season. He was a guy that obviously was near the top, a favorite to win it. W where do you go with Watt out, Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of uh, guys to take a look at. Uh, as you guys know, the last couple of years, the, that market has really been dominated by Aaron Donald, uh, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett have always kind of been the odds-on favorites. 
but there's a couple guys off the board a little bit um, that I would take a look at. First of all, I would take a look at Miles Garrett because this may be the best price you get on him all year. I've seen him at five, six to one. Uh, got the Jets this week. Okay, Statue of Liberty moves faster than Joe Flacco in New York. He could uh, torch that offensive line. Uh, would a two, three sack game uh, surprise anybody? Vault him into the lead, the sack lead, uh, and could cut his odds in half. So if you like him, maybe grab him at five or six to one. Two other guys, uh, Joe. Joe O, your favorite guy, Khalil Mack, uh, knew going it. out to uh, Los Angeles. Had a great game the other day. Uh, let's see if he can stay healthy, opposite of uh, Bosa on the other end. And I saw that he had, obviously, several sacks. He's up near the lead. Still at 22-1 to 1 at BetMGM. And I know he's had some injury uh, issues the last couple of years. But I think you're going to get a motivated Mack that will play through some of those injuries uh, this year. Uh, he's going to be up for a contract here in another year or so you may see uh, his availability go up uh, as we go on. And a little farther down the board, a guy that had a good game last night but has also had some injury uh, history is Bradley Chubb at BetMGM, 50-1 to to win the Defensive Player of the Year. Now has Randy Gregory opposite of him on that defensive line. Uh, could be a sneaky choice to throw a few bucks on, uh, especially with all the passing and all the dropbacks that are going to happen in that AFC West. Uh, I think he's going to have some more opportunities for sacks than some guys maybe in some of the other divisions. All right, very good. What about uh, the rookie of the year? <laughs> I was laughing this morning, Ian. I, I look up the offensive rookie of the year, and after one catch for three yards from Mitchell Trubisky, George Pickens is still the co-favorite for the offensive rookie of the year after Dotson just went wild. Uh, he's a co-favorite along with Dotson. But, uh, yeah, let's start there on the offensive side. Anything on uh, the Rooks? Yeah, that's it's funny because all of the all of the preseason hype is something you got to be careful with with some of these guys because when the regular season starts, you know the guys that were covering those guys in the preseason, I got them all the hype now. Joe are bagging your groceries at your local Kroger, so yeah. you got to kind of you know watch what you do there. And there's so many wide receivers nowadays coming out too. It's hard to differentiate between the six, eight, ten wide receivers at the board. Uh, now Dotson did look good, and the reason I I don't mind taking a flyer on him at eight nine to one where you can find him is because who else there is going to get the targets? You've got Terry McLaurin, who just signed the big contract, and Logan Thomas is coming back from an injury. He played well last year, uh, tight end. But there's not a ton of weapons there, uh, established guys. Dotson may be the guy. He's a great uh, size and strength combo guy, so around the red zone, like you saw him at two touchdowns this past weekend. Could be a guy that Wentz looks for. Uh, the other guy that looked at, too, on that same team, if Wentz gets hurt, is Sam Howell. Right now at MGM, you can find him at 75-1. to 1. Um, We already know what Taylor Heineke is. So if they don't go to Heineke, they drafted Sam Howell anyway. Andrew brought in Carson Wentz. That should tell you what they think of him. Maybe throw a few bucks on uh, Sam Howell because Carson Wentz's injury history would tell you that he's probably not going to last the season. Ian, we're talking to Ian McDonald here, CRG Futures on Twitter, 4 for 4 football. Ian, how about the coach of the year market? Always a fun one, and you kind of try to read the room of how the season's going to play out. You know, four first-year coaches won on Sunday. The only one to lose was Hackett uh, last night with the way he coached late in that game. But, you know, Dable is a name I, I think people are going to be in on if that team uh, gets off to a fast start. Where are you looking when it comes to coach of the year? Yeah, I, anybody that's got a Nathaniel Hackett ticket, they could probably use that as a drink coaster. Uh, that was mind-numbingly bad last night. Uh, it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, 
when it comes to Dable, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I am not sold on Brian Dable. If you look back at his history, he's, nothing has stood out until he got to Buffalo and had Josh Allen. Well, you say, well, he, had, he developed Josh Allen. If you look, Jordan Palmer is the guy that worked with Josh Allen in the offseason and completely overhauled his mechanics. I understand that the team and the coach are probably in sync with what they want him to work on, but this was not Brian Dable's doing. Daniel Jones is still terrible, okay? So I got some real questions about him, but I'm going to take a look at some of the guys that coached the uh, uh, potential number one seeds in the NFC in Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. Kevin O'Connell's his odds are about half of that, but Sirianni you can still find at 14-1 to 1 at uh, BetMGM. Uh, He'll probably win double-figure games. That's one of the things that's happened through the years. Uh, a first- or second-year coach only wins the award about half the time over the last 20 seasons. Uh, there were some interesting trends about that, that, that the myths, I guess, maybe, you would say, that uh, I kind of looked through and was surprised to find. Uh, so Sirianni, even though they were 9-7, and seven, made the, or whatever they were last year, made the playoffs. And there's no reason to say that he couldn't win it this year with a 12-win 12, a 12 season. So – it's worth taking a look at him, I think, still at 14-1 to 1, uh, there on BetMGM. Okay, very good. Uh, with CRG Futures, Ian McDonald here on BetQL Daily. Let's let's wrap up the NFL conversation. What what have we not hit on? I don't think we hit on defensive rookie of the year, uh, possible win totals. Anything else in your mind uh, to wrap up the NFL before we hit a couple other things? Yeah, I was looking at a couple win totals, Joe, and I saw that the Rams, uh, I like them under. Um, it's just... The offensive line, look, I get you're playing the Buffalo Bills. I get that. Best team in the NFL uh, as we sit right now. But Matt Stafford, uh, we've got some real questions about him. Cam Akers, uh, questions about him coming back from the Achilles. It's a rough injury to come back from. The offensive line struggled. Uh, they don't have much depth still. So if the injuries, uh, which is something that tends to either regress or you know go the other way from, depending if you had uh, poor injury luck the year before, if they are struck by a couple injuries with a Donald or a Jalen Ramsey, there's not much depth there. And at 10 and a half, I believe I saw uh, adjusted win total. I can get behind and under there. And the bears, they completed eight passes. Okay. Uh, I'm doubling <laughs> down on the bears under. They are terrible. Okay. And now you got six and a half. I, under fine. Yeah. I still take it. I, you know, I just was thoroughly unimpressed with what I saw. Ian, we have about a minute to go. Quickly, American League Cy Young, we're coming down the stretch here. What's your thought on the award, the odds, and and where your mind's headed on AL Cy Young? 80-1 to 1 on Framber Valdez is still available. Now, I don't know if he's going to win it, but I don't think that he is that far back uh, when it comes to voting for the award as he is in the betting huh. market. If Justin Verlander is out the rest of the year uh, and Houston has been the best team in the American League, this guy has just completed his 24th consecutive quality start. I understand a quality start, six innings pitch, three runs. That's only a 450 ERA, so it doesn't take a whole lot to get there. Okay, but he has been significantly uh, better than that in uh, some in terms of innings when he's thrown, and he's had some games where he's only given up a run or two all year. Consistently has been the best pitcher in the American League. I think. Take a look at him at 80 to one to bet GM, bet MGM for a few bucks. Great stuff. Ian, we appreciate you hopping on. We'll also share Ian's Heisman uh, pick coming up on the show. Ian, we appreciate you hopping on. We'll talk soon. Coming up on the other side, week two line movement here in the NFL. We'll dive into it. Joe Ojo G 
right here on the BetQL Network.